Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the show. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage.
Thank you. 
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison.
And we're back on this Friday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number 502-414. Yeah, it's probably not going to be pretty um, going up into the big house against Mr. Wolverine. Um, you know, he's a tough one, and, um, you know, if you, you have any hope of salvaging the season, you're probably looking a lot past this game against Michigan, and, uh, you know, you hope we're looking at homecoming against Rutgers and some other games down the road, so um, I thought about this one will be too great. I think Michigan's favorite by something around 34 and a half points, which is uh, quite a large margin. Um, you know, they handled Minnesota pretty handily last weekend um, on the road, and you know, Indiana playing on the road here, uh, probably not going to be um, but maybe you hope, you know, with Rob Carey in, maybe they take some more shots on offense. Maybe they just try things. Maybe there's some things that you like that you hope you can build on for the upcoming league games. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But, yeah, it's probably going to be pretty ugly for the Hoosiers, um, which is, uh, I think, why everyone's getting really excited about basketball season, which is coming up in the Hoosiers area, coming up next weekend as well. So uh, that should be fun for you fans to kind of turn their attention to. Um, Tell you what, let's go to the Thornton's text line here with the IU football question. We did cover this some earlier in the week with, I'm trying to think who it was, maybe Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. But in your opinion, the texter asked, could Tom Allen be let go after this season or is the buyout too big? I don't have those details in front of me right now to give you financial standing and where it all shakes out. But I think the general consensus is, if things continue in the direction they're headed this season and Indiana maybe doesn't win another game or ekes out one or so, that the buyout probably is due till big. Is that the read, the feel on things that you have as well? I think so. Um, I think the buyout is $20 million if he's fired without cause before December 1st of 2024, which is obviously next December. So that's a lot of reasoning as to why um, we all think Tom Allen's probably still going to be around for the rest of this season and probably next season. Um, it's, just a, it's just a big number, you know. And I think just even if Indiana somehow loses out and they only win two games this year, it's going to be really, really bad and really disappointing, and all the fans are going to want Tom Allen fired. Um, realistically, I don't know if the department would want to try to eat that fund. You know, obviously next year you have the big thing we have for Yeah. 
Wednesdays on the show. Uh, Dylan, let's get into IU basketball. I think that's where everybody's mind is right now. Uh, Liam McNeely, it sounds like he's going to be a Hoosier. His decision will come on Sunday. How big of a day could that be for Mike Woodson and this program as far as recruiting goes? I think it would be awesome. It could be the first kind of ball to drop for Indiana in the 2024 recruiting class. You know, obviously McNeely has it down between Indiana and Kansas. Um, and if you ask anybody, really, it doesn't seem like anyone's picking Kansas right now. Um, it seems like the majority think he's going to pick Indiana, um, which, is, which is really exciting. Um, he's going to do that Sunday. His team is playing in Vegas, I think. Um, I don't think we know time yet. Uh, there's, there's some certain times, depending on if teams win or lose, I want to game to be. So, um, we'll see what time that officially will be for him. But, yeah, uh, it'll be very good for the program to get him committed for 2024. He's obviously a top-20 prospect for that class. If they kind of get their first recruitment, you could maybe get the ball rolling a little more. Obviously, I think that Neely and, and Derek Green have a friendship. So, you know, does that have to do with business? Um, you know, I think he still has one more official visit to go with Maryland coming up. So, um, I think it could just be, obviously, a really positive thing for them. And, and obviously, the last guy is Woody Friend. Seems like it's down between IU and Kentucky right now, and um, you know. But either way, you know, that signing period coming up between November 8th and 15th. Um, we're really excited to hear from a lot more of these guys. And you know, the deal will be Sunday, and I think everyone's pretty optimistic he's going to pick Indiana. So uh, that just be huge for the program. This has been a guy they've been targeting for quite some time now. Um, another Longwood Academy type player. So you know, they've really been able to, to strongly recruit um, with that program over there. So uh, I think this will just really be big and nice for the, the program in general. And kind of get to go with them in 2024. You know, there's no one right now, so if they get McNeely in, a really good player, you kind of know you have left out for the future next year. Um, so, so I think it's going to be an exciting day for the other fans on, on Sunday. And hopefully it'll work with them. Obviously, Kansas is, is quite, you know, the, the good program as well. That, that can be interesting to, to some recruits. But, you know, if they get McNeely, let's keep playing balance and add, you know, from Kansas. And Basel was the first one. Um, we can be committed from Duke and now McNeely here. So, uh, you know, showing they can, they can compete with the best team right now, which is exciting. So, hopefully, it all goes as planned. He can make to the Hoosiers and they kind of get the ball rolling in that 2024 class. All right, Dylan Wallace is my guest. Dylan, here's my take on things. I think Indiana lands McNeely. That's kind of the popular opinion right now. I think Indiana has a legitimate chance to get Boogie Fland. I think others think that as well, that know a lot more about it than us. Indiana and Kentucky appear to be his final two. Alabama third in the distance, but there's been some real positive things that he's had to say about Coach Woodson and IU. So I think Indiana has a very legitimate chance to land him. But Derek Queen, the more I read, the more I hear, Maryland does seem maybe the likely destination for him. I think just based on what I read in the first segment, based on other things and sources out there, Maryland, maybe Houston, just ahead of Indiana, as Indiana could be a third dog in that race. So that's, for what it's worth, that's how I handicap things or th see things right now. I think Indiana will get McNeely, no question. I think they have a great chance to get Boogie Flan, but I don't have that same feeling with Derek Queen. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree with you, and that is the case how it shakes down. Um, it's still an awesome, awesome scenario for Indiana if they get McNeely and Fland. You know, you, you, you probably knew going in, you know, when they were really prioritizing these three, that you wouldn't get off the table, you know, just how things work. But to get two and three, I've had people, as we've mentioned in the past, um, would just be huge for the, for the program. Um, and, you know, we, we, we have a pretty strong feeling that they're going to be 
situations that you know, sounded not so good. Fran McCaffrey of Iowa, Kevin Willard of Maryland, I think even Tom Izzo of Michigan State, and Brad Underwood of Illinois also talked a little bit about their concerns with the transfer portal at Big Ten Media Days. Have you seen any of that? Have you read any of those particulars? I haven't seen it, but I, it doesn't really surprise me. You know, if, if some coaches or, pro, or guys are reaching out to certain players during the season and seeing, like, hey, you're not playing much, you know, maybe you can talk about you after the season ends, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all if that's happening, and I think that we all probably sort of expected this, that it would happen with just how easy it is now to just leave a team and transfer and become immediately eligible, so I haven't seen the comments, but uh, yeah, my wife was not happy at all. I'm sorry, I'm having a little trouble hearing you, Dylan. Dylan Wallace with us Fridays on the show talking IU basketball and football. Dylan, as always, thank you. Appreciate your continued uh, joining us Fridays here on the show. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch up with you again next week. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, Dylan Wallace. Fridays. I can take that off the basketball. Don't take the same thing.
back after this here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. What's one missing for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here? Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. What's one for Coach? You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, back with you on this Friday edition of the show. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Well, that's a tough one. I love, like right off the bat, I would say uh, you know I'm still kind of leaning to uh, Center Grove uh, at this point until proven differently. Um, you know, I, I think it's pretty close though. You've got you know between them, between Brownsburg and Ben Davis, who, who will play in the first round of the 6A uh, sectional uh, in two weeks, actually. Um, yeah, I'd say those three have been the three most consistently uh, strong 6A teams this year, and I think you probably. On the north side of the bracket, probably uh, HSE, I would make it a slight favorite. But yeah, at this point, I'm, I'm still kind of thinking Center Grove is the team to beat. All right, there you have it. Tom Everett says Center Grove in Class 6A. It's just unbelievable to me we're in the final week of the high school football regular season. I know that uh, obviously we've got postseason football coming up very soon, but it's been a quick season. Fall sports between the start of school transitioning back and then the transition from summer to fall temperature it goes so quick and before you know it winter and basketball are here yeah it really does uh, you know it's hard to hard to, to, to easy to think it's you know we seems like we just started you know and then uh, I just remember you know thinking the week one it was like man I can't believe it's here already and then you know bam we're at the end of it uh, you know they sort of a, a little bit of a break next week uh, at least for the
look ahead to football coach season down here at Providence. They are 8 0, trying to finish off at 9 0. I think if you look at Clark and Floyd County from your vantage point, covering the entire state and division football across the state, Providence kind of the story of the year. The problem is that if they finish 9 0 tonight, that's a great success. They are the front runner in the section. They want a sectional championship in football. Is a big deal, but at some point in the near future after that, they're going to run into a school and they're going to have a team run. We brought that up before. They are a powerhouse child, and they've had all sorts of success in recent years in high school football in 180 in that classification. Have you had a chance to see them, or do you know any of the backstory on how they become such a power in small school football? Oh, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen them in person this year, but, you know, I've covered them. Covered them the last couple of years, and you know, Dave Bash uh, started that program. Uh, he didn't actually start it, it was a guy named Ray Schultz, uh, who was the former uh, manual coach well, for years and years. I knew Ray, he passed away uh, probably a year or two ago, uh, but he went there and started that program, you know, I think around 2005 or 6, 7, somewhere in there. And then basically, Dave Bash took it over uh, from, from him, and over the last uh, 16 years, has has really built a, uh, a powerhouse there, and, and like you said, there, you know, they're probably even better this year than they have been the last two years. And those two years, they were undefeated <laughs> and won uh, both years and won a. So it's kind of a weird deal where they're playing one a actually this year again because you know the sort of the COVID uh, factor and you know the rolling uh, two-year cycle they they kind of missed. You know, they got one year and then another, so. Well, it's kind of an oddity that they're even playing one A still, which uh, it, I'm sure they won't be next year. But but yeah, they're uh, you know, they're very fast, you know, athletic team, uh, you know, really good quarterback and running game. They just really have it all. Uh, and I know that uh, I was actually talking to someone this this week, uh, L.J. Ward, who plays basketball for Blizzard. He's coming off an injury and he's playing football this year. Uh, but they did struggle a little bit last week with Speedway, and but they last this week, and then you know, like you said, they. Uh, they're still the team to beat, though. I just, if they get beat, I would be really surprised. They're just that, that, that dominant or one this year. Talking with Kyle Bentley from the Indianapolis Star here with us Fridays here on the show. Let's get the basketball. Any thought of uh, high school, uh, I guess, in-state recruits that are close to decisions? All this talk about Keenan McNeely will be playing some of the guys that I do are offered or, or it's involved with very late there. Is there anybody in Indiana that's hearing a commitment, or is it really the focus from IU Purdue and some of the Big Ten schools on younger kids in our state? It seems more that's the case. Uh, you know, the, the 25 class, you know, I actually had a chance to talk to Berlin uh, Mullins. I did a story on him, I think, ran uh, Monday of this week. And, you know, he's one that definitely will be one to watch. Uh, but I don't sense that's going to be anytime soon. I actually think it'll be next year before he decides. You know, Xavier Robinson uh, from North North, I actually talked to him a little bit this week, too. And, uh, you know, he's he's getting a better sense. I know how he was in the look at him this week, actually. Um, you know, so he's got, he's got it's, it's, it's a more interesting thing, and, and those two are definitely two that, uh, you know, runs to watch in 2025, and two of our best players we have around here, uh, probably anywhere in the state, really, in that class. Uh, but I think the interesting thing is kind of the in-state battle, like uh, how, how uh, involved Notre Dame is now. Uh, Notre Dame's kind of going head-to-head with IU on a couple of these guys, um, including those two, you know, especially, I would say. 
and again, I don't sense any of those guys, or I would say maybe Briscoe's the one who might come up earlier, <laughs> excuse me, just talking his, his dad a little bit about it, just because he's not in, in love with uh, traveling and doing all this recruiting stuff, which I don't, you know, <laughs> excuse me, sort of wears on you, I think, after a while, but, but yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if those guys are, you know, Robinson and Burns especially, I think it'll still be another year, they'd like to play through their junior year of basketball, and see what happens like in the spring of next year, maybe even into the summer. Uh, but yeah, that, that 25 class, you know, especially those two are really interesting. And then, you know, Briscoe as well. But, uh, yeah, and there's several other well, pretty good class, pretty good senior or uh, junior class that's coming in uh, to this season as far as juniors right now. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say those two, the in-state thing with Shrewsbury being at Notre Dame has kind of changed the landscape somewhat. And uh, we'll see if they can get either of those guys. If, if they do, I think that'll kind of signal a little bit of a, uh, a change, and maybe as much for, for Purdue. It's interesting for Purdue, too, because, you know, Shrewsbury was on Painter's Scrap, obviously, and, and now you're uh, battling head-to-head with them with guys that uh, they're both going after. So, pretty interesting. Now, high school basketball will be here soon. I know we kind of asked you to preview some of the top teams and players as we get close to the season. In Southern Indiana, I know you saw some of the teams maybe at the Charlie Hughes shootout in June, but anything in our half of the state you're watching or writing about here in this preseason? Well, definitely, you know, I'm not sure I write about in the preseason, but Jeffersonville will be a team to watch, I think, from down there that, that should be able to compete uh, at a pretty high level in uh, Class 4A with the guys that they have coming back. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, Providence, you mentioned, I did have a chance to see them. Uh, you mentioned in football, but I did have a chance to see him at the Charlie Hughes in basketball, and uh, you know the tradition that they have now uh, going there, and you know obviously winning state uh, does a lot to uh, to help with kind of your your profile, uh, obviously. But uh, you know Ryan Bullock's done a great job with that program, and you know I'm sure they'll be very good again. I haven't seen them this summer uh, a little bit, but you know the issue for them is. Uh, Pretty sure Brownstown Central is still in the same sectional, so you know that team is absolutely loaded. Uh, so I, I would put them up with you know about anybody, regardless of class. You know, with Jack Bender and then not just him, but a lot of the guys they have returning. So you know that'll be a showdown. You know, that's not a given. Brownstown beats them either. I think Providence is really good. So yeah, I mean, I think you start with those two down there, and then uh, yeah, I'm sure there are others too. But, uh, but yeah, I'm not too far along yet. I mean, obviously I have a have a kind of a general idea, but you know, a lot of things, uh, you know, transfers always change things. Uh, graduations from last year were very heavy uh, for the top teams, uh, especially. But uh, I still think Ben Davis is going to be really good with what they have coming back. I still think Kokomo, obviously, with Corey, even though their cast has largely changed, uh, I still think they're going to be really good. Uh, you know, and then a lot of the some of the same teams and some different ones too, like Greenfield Central with Mullen. They're a different team this year, but those star players, you kind of see how they change roles, you know, going into this year. And, uh, you know, the, the roles change, but the players uh, usually rise up to that level. So at least the good ones do. So it'll be fun to see uh, who, who kind of rises to the cream, rises to the top this season. Right, Cal Central, you have to start with this Friday. Scott, where are you headed tonight? I will be headed over to uh, Butler uh, to see Cathedral and Center Grove tonight, and uh, that should be an excellent game. And also, Brownsburg and HSC play tonight, so you have two two really huge.
Absolutely. Thanks, Bob. Probably a Providence Silver Creek Championship game uh, in that local sectional there at Providence. That should be very good. And I saw a note from John Rothstein that, unfortunately, uh, discussion breaking down between the Big Ten and the Big East are now at an impasse, he writes, putting the future of the Gavit tip-off games in jeopardy. Have a great weekend. We'll recap everything in Liam McNilly's decision on Monday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.